thanks for downloading this episode from Teachers Talk Radio. You can find the full schedule and listen back to all our shows at ttradio.org. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, leading publishers of books, directories, educational guides and magazines aimed at schools in the UK and beyond. Enjoy the podcast. Good evening, everybody. I hope you can hear me. I hope I'm coming through loud and clear. It's Tuesday evening. It's The Late Show with Lucy Newberger. I feel I haven't done this in a while. Hello, admin. Just It's always good to know. It's always comforting to know I'm coming through loud and clear. So this evening, um, in a few moments, I will be talking to the delightful Mr. Alan Swee, who I can see has just popped into the studio there. So we will speak to him in a moment. But before we get into all that, before we get into this evening's fireside chat, as uh, Mr. Alan Sweet described it earlier, um, I should take you through the week's proceeding, or rather the last couple of weeks, because I haven't been here. And all sorts of things are going on. I spent part of half term in Bologna, in Italy, which was great. I pastored myself into oblivion. Um, to the point where, and I am a big, big pasta lover, like I've grown up eating pasta in all its glorious forms. And so when I went to the home of Ragu, I, I knew I was going to to do well. And I did. Um, it was it was morning, noon and night. And I loved every second of it. But I have not wished to eat it since. I also do miss having a lunchtime wine, it has to be said. Now, obviously, can't do that in school, nor would I. But it, uh, when, you're, when you're pretending to be Italian and wandering the streets of a lovely city, um, it, it, I think it's okay to have a glass of wine with, with lunch. But back to reality and back into, into school. And mercifully, uh, it is quite a short half term this time around in that mine is only five weeks long. But I do have to crack out a set of reports in that time, which is going to be interesting. And uh, my poor co-teacher, my poor co-year five teacher, has not been at all well, really, since since term started. So I have been propping up year five, shall we say. Uh, how good a job I'm doing, I debatable. But it's, it's, it's hard enough to run your own class on a daily basis, never mind trying to run around finding uh, cover for everybody. And we cover internally at school. So depending on uh, if you're free or not, you'll usually be uh, sent to, well, anywhere really from, from year one to year, to year six or to year seven, actually, in some cases, uh, because we have year seven on site at, at our primary school. So it's been a, a bit, a bit of a runaround, bit interesting. Um, as always, my, my class are absolutely bananas. And the quote of the week this week, which I've shared with a few people, to, to mixed reactions. I should preface this by saying that the kid in question is a lovely, lovely kid, okay? So uh, that's the first thing. And I don't think when he said this, he was trying to be mean or trying to be sort of... It was cheeky, but anyway, see what you think. You can You can judge for yourselves. So... I famously say, as I think many primary and maybe even some secondary teachers, I famously say to children, if you waste my time, I will waste yours. It's an age old thing and seems to be quite effective. And so this child in my class, we were in the middle of a lesson and uh, he turned to me and said, and he's got a lovely Irish accent, which I will not try and imitate. 
But uh, he said to me, Miss, I said, yes, child. Uh, I called him by his name, but for the sake of the story, we'll call him child. Uh, you know, when you say that um, if we waste your time, you'll waste ours. And as soon as I said, yes, I regretted it because I thought, oh, gosh, what on earth is going to come next? He said, um, well, you're wasting our time by trying to teach us things. We should be at Disneyland. <laughs> and it was one of those things where I had to pause for a moment because I think some teachers would have probably got quite cross at that. Others, I, I, I don't know. I thought for a moment and I said, well, you know, that 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 may be your opinion at the moment and that may be how you feel here and now. But one day I hope that you you look back on your on your time in year five and you think you know what that mad old bat who taught me in in year five maybe just maybe on some occasions she might have had a point here or there but I think we should probably move on now and I just and I just left it because I, I did honestly didn't really know what what else to to say to him and because he's one of those kids he's a highly highly intelligent kid he's got a reading age of like a 17 year old or something ridiculous like that so and knowing him like I do, I don't feel that it was uh, meant in anything other than him just being a bit cheeky, really. So that was, yeah, that was my my quote of the week. Um, what else has been going on at school? That's just all a bit mad, really, generally. I mean, I always feel like like teaching is. It's just a constant kind of merry-go-round uh, of, of varying, varying things. So... Yeah, there we go. But I don't think there's anything else major to report. I'm sure some things will, will come to me. Um, but no, nothing's springing to mind. So we should probably crack on with this evening's proceedings, shouldn't we? Now, um, some of you listening may be aware that I have been doing a primary subject sort of journey, if you like. I started a few weeks ago, back in January, I think it must have been now, uh, with maths. I moved on to writing. I've looked at guided reading. I have looked briefly at science, which I want to uh, revisit because I had a bit of debacle with uh, getting um, my guest to connect and all the rest of it. But hopefully we can revisit that one at some point. Uh, I've done PE. Forgot about PE. Um, that's terrible. I've done a very good PE one as well. And uh, I've arrived now at computing which is one that I've wanted to look at since I started this journey. Now, I don't actually teach computing at school. It's taught by a specialist teacher. However, I think it was important to include this, I mean, hugely important, as when Alan joins us, he will, I'm sure, reiterate and uh, um, make you believe if you don't already. Uh, but I also wanted to expand this out kind of more widely. And again, I'm sure Alan will do this when he speaks to us into sort of wider digital literacy within within school because certainly on our medium term plans for example when we're talking about what it is we're going to do and where things are going to fit in we have that computing section but then we also have a digital literacy section should they go hand in hand should they be together or should it be should there be should class teachers be thinking about it more more widely and uh, I also wanted to think about what computing actually means as a subject because I think that certainly when I looked at um, Mr M ICT who was meant to be joining us this evening but unfortunately can't at the moment he might pop in later but when I had a look through his blog and his uh, Twitter feed and things like that he 
starts one of his posts by actually opening up and asking what computing is and the misconceptions from teachers, particularly primary teachers, uh, about what it entails or what it can entail. Thank you and good evening everybody. Uh, so I am Alan Sue. I work at Willowbrook Primary School in East London. I am also uh, usually on a Tuesday evening uh, the uh, host of Kaz Chat, uh, the Kaz 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 Chat even hashtag uh, with uh, via my Kaz Chat underscore UK uh, Twitter account. Uh, but tonight I'm uh, uh, very, very honoured and privileged and grateful to be invited to uh, speak to you. So uh, here I am. I'm also, in addition to uh, being a primary school teacher in East London, uh, the uh, Computing at School Community Lead um, for Waltham Forest. I don't know why I ummed. Anyway, uh, so I'm the Waltham Forest Computing at School community lead for Waltham Forest. Uh, so I kind of know a bit about computing, I guess. So there we are. Well, I'm, I'm very grateful to, to have you here. And uh, I know that uh, you you do sort of follow in the background. And I know you followed this this subject series that I've done, or at least in part. And, yes. Uh, I, know I heard you your were... science one. Well, yes, which was... Uh... <laughs> Which I'm going to I'm going to revisit that at some point. It it didn't quite go the way that I wanted, but we'll we'll get back to it. We'll we'll go there again, and it'll be it'll be absolutely fine. And I know that you were meant to be part of a fabulous double act with Mr. M I C T. Yeah, Carl McGrath. Unfortunately, couldn't make it tonight. But I'm I'm sure he will. I'm sure he will dip in when he see hears me goading him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but maybe. he's a good he's a good friend. I met him I met him back in 2020 uh, when the world was so strange and we were all kind of getting used to meeting people via video calls and um, the computing at school community led a um, kind of virtual conference so it was the first time um, kind of being uh, working from home for all those days and weeks that I had the opportunity to meet these amazing people and that was when I met Carl for the first time. And it's it's I suppose it's the wonderful power of the the edgy Twitter community as well there are there are lots of us around doing lots of great things and it's uh, well certainly i found for the most part it to be a brilliant a brilliant community with lots of different arms lots of different sort of subject areas lots of different bits and pieces that i've been able to tap into through teachers talk radio so it's been it's been a been an adventure for me and i'm sure it has for you as well yeah it has been um uh, part of my adventure is uh, for those of you uh, for those uh, listening or who are kind of connected um uh, via Twitter, have uh, have kind of spotted that um, my my kind of um, eleven thousand plus followers is not because I've been around on. Uh, it looks like that I've only been on Twitter for a couple of years, but I've actually been longer than that. That uh, the first time I joined Twitter was in two thousand and twelve, straight after I joined after I completed my PGCE. Uh, but I had a control alt delete moment back in 2019 when um, uh, my bosses kind of took umbrage an exception to uh, what I said at the time, and um, it got a little bit nasty. So I decided to to um, to uh, step out of the Twitter sphere for for over a month. And for those who who know about these things or have experienced these things, when you step away for for over a month, it deletes your account 
kind of almost in its entirety. So my uh, seven-year record from before 2019 was completely gone. So in 2020, I kind of re-established myself. And with um, having uh, the opportunity to work from home, I just kind of spent time um trying to make people smile by um, posting all sorts of nonsense, like my five o'clock um, teach, my teacher, my five o'clock teacher, five o'clock club morning mugshot. I'll get that right. Yeah. So uh, if you're around at breakfast time, come say hi. Fabulous. And uh, I mean, yeah, very, very impressive uh, Twitter following. I mean, we, we've got to be so careful, haven't we? And I'm sure this will form part of the chat we have this evening, certainly uh, when we talk about uh, children, talk about kids using using this tech, of course. And just Absolutely. Was, um, waiting for you to connect. I was looking at the uh, looking at the computing curriculum, which I'm sure. We'll yeah, I heard, I heard I heard your introduction and it kind of got me um, <laughs> frantically, frantically trying to get the technology to work so I can join in the conversation. And so I'm not leaving me to to a, to a monologue, which uh, many people have had to listen to over, over time. I have done a, I have done a few monologues where I've thought, please, someone just 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 cut me off and, and interject. So let's get cracking. Um, okay. When I was when I was looking through, um, it was actually one of Mr. M's blog posts, and it was talking about what what is computing and what people understand by by this this word, I guess. And yeah. it stopped me in my tracks because I hadn't because to me. I was thinking, well, computing computers, duh. And of course, it's more than that. And I just want to know, first of all, kind of what, when when I say primary computing or computing to you, mm. in, I mean, if you can even do this, in short, sort of what, what does that mean to you? Computing and technology is everywhere for everyone. That is my uh, current uh, school intent. And what that means is that uh, from the moment uh, that before people are born to the moment they pass, pa they pass this earth, technology is with us now, whether we like it or we don't. So uh, as part of that kind of thinking, uh, I teach a subject to do with technology. And that's what um, my existence is all about. I mean that that's that's pretty succinct. I'm I'm pretty impressed with that. I didn't I didn't know if Ofsted I was Ofsted uh... ready. Ofsted ready. If you're listening, <laughs> Ofsted, come find me. I was I was honestly thinking, gosh, if I just dropped a kind of whoop of a question first first of all, where Alan's going to go. Really um, is that really what you're opening with? Um, but the, seriously, the, the point is, uh, for those people who are leading their subjects, you really do need to have that um, have that uh, conversation. Have I just cut myself off and just lost? No, no, no. You're you're still coming oh. through. You're you're all good. Oh, great. Don't panic. Okay. Yeah, it's Don't just panic. my my phone uh, decided to uh, look as if it fell as, uh, fall asleep, um, which is entirely possible that people listening are, are actually doing that. But anyway, um, yeah. So what I urge subject leaders to do is really do think about their subject in that way. Ask themselves. Ask yourself, uh, what is it? I'm teaching and why am I teaching it? Really do know your why. And that's a serious point. Um, I mean, I've been, um, I, I love this word that I first heard uh, Professor Danielle George say uh, a few years ago at her uh, medal uh, winning 
um, inaugural lecture at the Royal Society, she calls this thinkering, this process of tinkering and thinkering combined. So thinkering. And I've been thinkering around computers um, uh, for the best part of over 40 years now. So uh, I've seen... Um, the evolution of technology go from this really clunky plug it into the back of a TV and make a few colors and count some numbers uh, kind of phenomenon to this uh, part of our our lives where the device I'm holding right now has more power than the um, command control center of the um, moon landing um, uh, the moon landing uh, um, center. So it's it's epic stuff. It's it's powerful, and I'm really proud to be part of um, so many p people's journeys in um, getting to grips with the technology, learning about it, and keeping them keeping them safe. I mean, most definitely. And I do feel, and again, I'm sure this will sort of come up at, at various points. I don't want to delve too much into it now, but um, do you feel that that whole thing was fast-tracked by pandemic and by being shoved back into your house and having to still connect with the world still go to work as as us teachers all did the only difference being is that we were going to work from our sitting rooms or wherever we happen to be or our kitchens absolutely and undoubtedly um there have been many studies in the last two years where they look back on 2020 and say had 2020 not happened much of the kind of development in, in technology, particularly with um, the uh, familiarity that we all have now become accustomed to of uh, video calling, um, has just gone, uh, has just grown exponentially. Um, how, and from my own experience of working with primary age children, uh, they now show there are children I work with. I teach from nursery to year six. So for the international listener, that's from uh, three uh, years old to about 11 years old. Um, the children who are three and four years old are very, very familiar with technology now to the point that I can go into my nursery class on a Friday morning and they will have some of them will happily log in independently. Wow. I mean, in a way, that's incredible. But I also wonder, and again, I'm sure this will, there's lots of things that will kind of, I do a lot of tangents, a lot of pits. So yeah, go with, go with me on it. Yes, but I will. Do you feel, and this maybe is a slightly negative point in, in mm -hmm. hearing about those young children, do, is this partly to do with, you know, when they've gone out with parents or when they've been in situations where parents are trying to kind of calm them down or sort of distract them in some way that they've been you know in front of an ipad since before they could well in some cases before they could even talk yeah i get i get where some people have kind of would would level that criticism at people like me and say you, you can't be teaching computing to three-year-olds surely not but the reality of it is is that if you come to my nurse if you come to my school's nursery you'll see that actually the children are very good at self-regulating. And uh, I will put out some uh, devices for them to have some time uh, working independently and uh, having some self-directed learning. Uh, they'll, I'll be on hand to give them some um, some guidance and facilitate some, um, some directed uh, time as well. Uh, but beyond that, once they've had enough, they will just get up and walk away. And mm -hmm. it is um, it is very interesting that if you give children the opportunity to um, 
to be self-regulating, they they have that ability to, uh, as young as um, they are in nursery and um, reception. This show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. And I think also the... Again, this goes back to that definition of of computing and because people are thinking, people often think, and I think certainly those who are maybe, and I don't want to use age as an example here because that's not necessarily fair, but people who are less au fait with technology in general, when they think of, you know, computing, ICT, whatever, whatever you want to call mm. it, they are thinking often that, that you are sticking kids in front of a an iPad or in front oh, of yeah. a laptop. Yeah, and oh, absolutely. Maybe where that slight sort of uh, comes from, what they're neglecting yeah. are things like, well, the robotic side of it, I guess, yeah. b bots, which I'm sure you've you've used in your time, yes. uh, all those things. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I really urge people just to come and see uh, the computing lessons I deliver, and you realise that it's it's not passive at all. It is very active. It is I I. Uh, plan and pitch my lessons in such an engaging way um, that some of the children don't want me to stop their lessons at the end. They're simply because they enjoy uh, the, the, uh, the opportunity to, to follow whatever they're learning about and um, whatever activity that we're, we're working on. I, I do agree, though, that there are some uh, situations, I'll, I'll call them situations, where um, there are there are people who unfortunately will either find themselves in a in a place where if they were given a device in their hands that's all they'll want to do that's all they'll sit and do and there are also people who think it's okay to um to um kind of let those who aren't able to regular access the the the, the curriculum in the way that we'd we'd like them to just to sit there passively in front of a in front of a device and that's sad um i i want to break away from that and i want to help others uh, break away from that and just i mean on the point of curriculum i've got mm. the uh computing program of study for key stage one yeah. and two in front of me the I, nebulously I, nebulously I, vacuously written piece of uh, piece of paper <laughs> if i've ever seen one uh, or in the case for me, it's just a kind of digital page. And I, and I, I mean, I don't know if I've just been very dismissive, or if I've just looked at this and gone, I, mm. I, I don't know what I'm looking at. It's, I mean, yeah. the, the, it's, to me, it's quite limiting. To me, a lot of it, I would look at that, and the vast majority of of teachers I would work with would would struggle to tell you the definition of the vast majority of of these words. And these Absolutely. are people who can who can use. Yeah. As I've said, you know, who were quite competent or quite very competent no. during lockdown in terms of, you know, using their um, using Google Classroom, using using um, video calling, using all of these things. So people who I would consider uh, technologically literate or digitally literate, yes. if you like. Yes. But again, looking at some of the yeah, looking at some of these words like I, I certainly couldn't confidently t- tell you what debug means. Mm-hmm. Um, where was another one that I picked? I mean, 
And the, well, algorithms, I can tell you what that means, because, of course, algorithms don't just come up in in computing or in um, when we're talking about computers. Algorithms come up throughout, and I think people forget about this, throughout many, many of the subjects, certainly in maths, even in English as well. Mm. Um, and I think people, yeah, lose sight of that. So when they see algorithm in terms of computing and in terms of technology, they think, oh, God, well, I don't know what that means. Well, maybe you do. You just haven't thought about it. Yeah, there is a bit of that, but there's also, as I say, I'm, although I'm being very, very tongue-in-cheek when I talk about the quality of the programme of study, it is so um, lacking in in detail. When uh, I was looking f uh, by comparison with the programme of study for science, the science one is so much more structured. It has more kind of detail and um, the headlines that are presented within the programme of study for science are just enable um, any primary teacher uh, with um, with sufficient kind of um, subject knowledge just up to up to kind of school GCSE, maybe A level standard to be able to unpack it and organise it into a sequence of lessons, whereas the pro computing program of study is almost as though it's written by uh, a, a group of people back in the early part of the last decade where they said, right, this is where we want our learners to be by the end of GCSE or A-level. And let's kind of just peel it back to a point where we think, oh, maybe they'll be able to cover it in secondary. That's that's my feeling. That's my that's my genuine and honest feeling. So it's taken me, I've been a subject lead now for three years. I've been subject lead for since 2020. It's only got to this point where I where I can feel confident enough to say, right, I can unpack this, take it down to a point where I can uh, work with a range of kind of sources and resources to create a, um, uh, a, a, a scheme or a sequence of lessons which um, colleagues can relate to and children can follow. Mm. I mean, it, it, I'm just looking as well alongside, you know, feeding into what you're saying and looking, yeah. um, and looking at the curriculum. I'm just looking at the, um, part of the research review series i don't know again I'm oh sure please no sure no <laughs> i had I that I, yeah i had a conversation the other day uh, with somebody else about that and i i was just saying that the research review series for computing is just a complete plagiarism of everything else has been written 10 years before so uh come on offstead just wake up but it's it's I mean, this particular paragraph leaps out at me, and I'm not—I'm not obviously not going to read yeah. this entire thing to you because yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. send you to sleep. But no. um, this bit caught my eye. Computing is not part of the latest statutory framework for the earliest foundation stage, but is part of the national curriculum from year one. Yeah. There has been debate about learning computing in the first years of schooling and the importance of getting it right. Mm -hmm. um, several studies not mentioned have demonstrated that young pupils are able to wrestle successfully with the core concepts of computing i'm not entirely sure what that means no that's um, and bunkum. <laughs> go on carry on carry on um um so with more concepts of computing including more technical subject content such as programming and robotics but i don't i mean but again if i go back to the curriculum and i will stop yes. doing this um I can't remember. I'm sure robotics is mentioned very briefly, but mm. not again, not in any detail. And again, to me, I when I think of robotics, I think of uh, and this is going to put an age on me here. I think of robot wars, which is not obviously, you know, an extreme end. of. It's not that far away be. now. It's not that far away. We we live in um, 
very, very technologically advanced time. So Robot Wars is, is just essentially a precursor of where we are today. Mm. I mean, what was that? I mean, I, I think I remember watching that in the, in the 90s as a, yeah. as a, as a mm. kid. But yeah. again, you know, if you ask me to define that as a, as a primary mm. teacher, I, I couldn't. And so okay. the idea of, as a primary class teacher, if, if mm. computing's in my, in my room, it's not in my current yeah. job, but I know for a lot of teachers it is, mm. I would not know where to begin. And this is where this, this guidance in inverted commas fall, falls apart for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as I say, I, I, I'm, I'm really sorry to, to kind of hammer them completely, but really that um, uh, piece of research work is, is just a collection, is essentially a collection of, of, of um, writing from the last 10 years. So really, they're, I mean, they're doing, they're, they're doing a good job in terms of bringing all the kind of research that I've been involved with and read before together in one place, which is fantastic. That's a great thing. But what they fail to do is to kind of acknowledge the fact that there are, um, there is a, a, a community of teachers like me uh, in uh, who, who kind of are associated through the Computing at School Network or the National Center for Computing Education, who are passionate advocates for computing. You don't need to pretends to reinvent the wheel, that we are already here and we are already delivering a world-class, um, beyond uh, national expectations, exceeding expectations, um, teaching and learning of computing in our schools today. I just just come and see it. Um, but, I mean, as a, as a general thing, I mean, yeah. as a general approach, you... It sounds to me, I mean, and again, I could be wrong here. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in the UK. I'm, I'm abroad in Lisbon. I'm in an international yeah, yeah. school. Okay. But certainly in the in the UK, it, what you're doing sounds to me like the exception, not the rule. It, it... Well, yeah. Well, it's 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 sad if that's the case. It makes me feel very very disappointed that that mm. that might be the case, and it shouldn't be. But I do understand that there will be, and you know, we talk about our our, our Twitter presence. I know that part of my kind of um, uh, outlook and outreach on on social media is the fact that I know that there are people, there are schools, and there are people, as you describe, that there are schools who don't have the um, the resource, don't have the uh, kind of know-how to be able to do what I do. So that's why I'm happy to share uh, what I've got and, you know, where I can. So uh, to, to perhaps help others just to get that little bit closer to um, to uh, um, being able to offer uh, this world-class computing curriculum that the um, that is the centrepiece of the National Centre for Community Education. And, uh, I mean, just going back to, and I, I did say I'd stop torturing you with mm. this, but um, no, no, on. one of the quotes uh, that's in this research study is that primary school teachers, um, unfavourable to the new curriculum, describe the requirements as being too advanced for the available physical resources and budget, which is what you've already alluded to, um, yeah. and that staff lack the required skill set and knowledge to teach the subject, and that language used in the curriculum is is overly technical. And this is what I've I've touched on already yeah. and what's come up sort of time and time again in this whole primary series mm. and I think the the difficulty for primary teachers is that we 
have we're teaching most things i mean in some cases some people have specialists for certain things but for the most part we are it's it's everything and uh so we're holding goodness knows what in our head about all sorts of different things and it's kind of okay but you know computing technology is is a is a big one it can't it can't really be ignored and uh i think Mm. some of the um some of the staff in school would quite happily i mean my my co-teacher in year five she's only she's not quite 10 years older than me but she uh she and i take the mickey out of each other because she's very much paper and pen and sort of old school whereas i will try and kind of keep sort of as paperless as possible in yeah. in, in organization of, of things. Yeah, yeah. but um i've completely forgotten what my point was there was a point i was going to make this it will it will come back to me um but i suppose but no, the, uh, the off the that off state quote i could, would you be kind enough to read it back because there are three there are three uh ideas there that i think need to be uh, unpacked okay so what the quote that i just read you before yeah okay primary school teachers unfavorable to the new curriculum describe the requirements as being too advanced for the available physical resources and budget that Mm -hmm. staff lacked the required skill set and knowledge to teach the subject and that Mm -hmm. the language used in the curriculum is overly technical absolutely okay so to unpack that quote into those three kind of concepts that they cover. First of all, the one to do with budget and and financing. Yes, that's true. That is very true. And certainly what we saw during 2020 was uh, the the Department for Education for schools in England offering support to uh, two schools to provide schools with uh, extra hardware to enable more home learning and remote learning and so on. So some of that has been partly addressed, but still there is this massive gap between those schools who who do have the technology to deliver a world-class curriculum and those who don't. So that's the first point. The second point about um, the uh, the skill set and the subject knowledge of teachers, and and you're quite right that as primary school teachers, it's it's enormous. I mean, I used to be a classroom practitioner, and I just couldn't get my head around everything that we needed to do. Um, but I'm very fortunate that because of my kind of experience and interest, that. Uh, computing is very much my thing, so uh, I'm I'm so pleased and and um, feel very honoured that my bosses feel the way that they do in um, structuring my school, my three form entry school, into this um, uh, into this teaching um, kind of pattern where I deliver um, lessons to everybody across the whole school from nursery to year six. Um, as as PPA covers. So that kind of helps things. But I know that then doesn't help the smaller schools. So for the smaller schools, then what we have in in um, in England is um, the teach uh, computing um, initiative funded by the Department for Education since 2018, where the National Centre for Computing Education offer a brilliant, brilliant range of training and courses available to to anybody who works in schools. So if people want to, they can uh, improve their improve their skills and subject knowledge. And now that we're in an age of social media too, um, anybody can reach out to people like me and I'm more than happy to help. Um, with kind of just just their day to day 
teaching practice. If if you have to teach a lesson tomorrow and you're thinking, how on earth do I teach um, what you were talking about in your introduction? How do, on earth do I teach um, uh, uh, what is uh, um, appropriate uh, ways of searching the web? Then I can talk you through it. I can help you with some sort of lesson ideas and some uh, assessment ideas. Um, on that third point, which was to do with the um, technical um, vocabulary of the subject. Um, I've kind of occasionally dipped in and out of that debate on, on social media as well. And my argument is that when you teach children as young as, as I do, um, you realise that they actually have an amazing uh, kind of sense of um, curiosity, which knows no bounds. And if you're teaching them to, to read for the first time and write for the first time, there's no real reason why you can't introduce words like algorithms or pseudocode into their language. You don't, I don't expect them to use it as their regular vocabulary, but it's a useful kind of point to start from and say, um, in my uh, nursery and early years practice, I actually do get children uh, learning how to code. I, they don't necessarily know that they're coding, but I can see as an experienced practitioner that they are, and I can then record it as um, as evidence of their learning. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you, I think, because... Of course, we're, we're always told as teachers, you know, if you want to better yourself, you can. And schools in terms of, of CPD, like that, again, yeah. there's there's budget issues, there's time issues, there's focus yeah. issues. There's a whole host. I mean, yeah. you can go into that. And that's yeah. one of many reasons I do I do shows like this. I, yes, I absolutely. As Dream CPD that... Uh, yeah that um, yeah. I can hopefully well, share with, with lots and lots of people. Absolutely. Well, on the Dream CPD front, uh, for those listeners who are based uh, in schools in England, the Teach Computing um, Initiative and the National Centre for Computing Education uh, continues, uh, in, although initially it was meant to be a three-year scheme but then obviously got extended because of covid um, they're going to be relaunching very, very soon at the end of this month, uh, early part of next month. Um, so the offer continues to be there to the point that I'm actually uh, very privileged to be uh, leading a project funded by the National Centre for Computing Education or funded by the National STEM Learning Centre, where if people wanted to be involved in, um, as you say, bettering themselves and improving their subject knowledge in computing, they can just get in touch with me and I can signpost them to uh, to um, courses which, for all intents and purposes, are, will be free, will be free to them. Which I, which I think is, is also helpful. But do you think as as well with, with computing, with technology, mm. I mean, and of course, teachers are overwhelmed with kind of, there's, I mean, even as I'm sitting here, my brain is going, okay, but I want to better myself in this. I want to better myself yeah, in that. Absolutely. It's prioritizing, yeah, 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 yeah. of course. Yeah, absolutely. But do, you, yeah. but do you think with something like this that there is that fear element? So that a lot of a lot of the time these these uh, primary teachers, and again, I can only kind of speak from my own sort of interactions mm. with, with people. Yeah. I wouldn't sort of put words in other people's uh, mouths. Yeah. But um, other subjects are kind of... 
less intimidating in some ways because I think people feel with with some of the technology that oh you know they they know enough to kind of stick their powerpoints on the on the interactive board and that's quite yeah. enough, thank you very much yeah. um and I you know I, I just kind of shy shy away from the rest of them but also I think that in talking about that fear there is an element of well you are teaching children who you know in some ways probably do know more than you do but at the same time if you're going mm -hmm. to be working with young people and you're going to be working with those up-and-coming generations yes it's you know it's not a case of if you can't beat them join them you kind of have mm. to join them you kind of have to be on yeah. the on yeah. the on the front line with all of this because mm. otherwise you're going to yeah. it's not and we're not even really talking about kind of in class and what we're doing in school it's more kind of the, the wider world as, as, yes as absolutely well. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And um, what what I would say is that, again, kind of falling back to this uh, wonderful community of teachers on social media, that um, there are so many of us who are more than happy to help colleagues um, for free um, with whatever kind of technical question that you might you might have. So there isn't a need to feel the fear. I, I always operate on a on the principle of uh, something that I first encountered in the civil service when um, I was one of these um, Whitehall Womble desk jockey pen pushers, and they called it the. <laughs> what they, a description, Alan! <laughs> a Whitehall Womble uh, pen pushing desk jockey. That was that was phenomenal. I mean, I. <laughs> wow. Keir Starmer's bag carrier was I for many years. Sorry, I'm just... Oh, no, don't apologise. Don't oh, apologise. Sorry, as you were. Yeah, so um, the, 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 the concept that I encountered in my kind of years of management uh, bureaucracy was um, this idea this uh, of the intelligent client. So you might not know everything, but as long as you know somebody who you can rely on and trust who can help you with your knowledge gap. That's all you need to do. I think, I mean, I, and I, I do get that. And I think as someone who is, who does a lot of research and who does, yeah. you know, I, I, I have the time to, I'm one of those, I mean, I, I, I live alone, I go home every day and I can, I can, I can do that. And I, but I do feel yeah. sometimes for people, the, again, the, not in terms of CPD, it's not just the fact that schools are, are not, offering it or delivering it or not even signposting people it's often yeah, there, yeah. Is a, there is a time factor as well and it's not that I, i'm trying to make the excuses there either yeah. but it's it, yeah. it's also the reality of this world we and this post-covid world that we live yeah. in as as well where it's uh there's, there's a there's a lot happening yeah yeah absolutely and um i i absolutely acknowledge and and recognize that um but it is that opportunity to say well if you do want to then yeah. Please just ask. Yeah. Oh, most definitely, and it's it's, it's always yeah. lovely to know that people people are out there to help. And I just uh, even from the from the signposting point of view, because I know that people have have messaged me um, in the in the past and in the in the wake of particularly in these uh, these subject shows that I've yeah. that I've done and have said, oh, you know, by all means share share this. Oh, you know, mm. uh, please stick this in your show notes and all the rest yeah. of it. So it's it's it is it is nice to know know that. And of course. Mm. If people aren't on Twitter, it's a little bit, a little bit trickier. But yeah. you know, we are, we're sort of, we are trying to to get as much stuff out there as as possible. And I think yes. it's uh, it's wonderful to know that people like you and and other subject leaders that I've come across do exist and are so giving in terms of their their time and and resources as well. It's it's a part of my kind of outlook to say being a 
being an open source kind of chap, it's um, it's just keeping myself accountable to others and uh, enabling others to kind of scrutinize my work. And it's also a mutual prof professional development on my side to say, am I thinking along the right lines? Is this what you want to know? I think because recently I've got um I've, I know people who are who are teacher training at the, uh, at the mm. moment and this idea that some of their mentors and things are saying to them you know you have to come up with everything from scratch whatever you're teaching it has no, to come no, from no, you no, no. from the ground up <laughs> and I just yeah. I find the fact that, that this is still being peddled is yeah. I know we're kind of going off again on a tangent here no, but I will okay. pull it back but yeah. I just I find it galling that absolutely this is absolutely being, I mean still being a thing when actually you can utilize resources you've still got to build a lesson around that you've still got to deliver that you've still got to yes. you can take things borrow magpie however you want to describe it yeah, yeah. but the there's still you you've still got yeah, to uh, yeah. stand in that room yeah. you know those children you've still got yep, to deliver that absolutely. so the fact that it's being peddled that no, no no in order to be a truly authentic teacher and truly test yourself you have to literally go from nothing yeah, no, that's that's just completely um, outrageous that that anybody should be subjected to that thought process. And I mean, I I understand that there are others who will say yes, but if you were to go down the uh, kind of centralized curriculum route, which is essentially what the national curriculum is, but if you were to go down this centralized um, teaching pathway of resources being produced by one or two organizations, et cetera, then you're essentially turning schools into McDonald's and, you know, everybody's learning out of the same polystyrene box. Mm -hmm. um, but it's But it's not that, as you say, that as a teacher, you know that every class is different, every child, every learner is different, every relationship you have is different, and it differs from day to day. So I, as I say, I teach in a three-form entry school. I can plan a lesson meticulously to the nth second, but do I tweak my uh, teaching plans throughout my day? Sure I do, because once I've taught one one cohort, sure enough, the next cohort might be exceeding the um, learning expectations that uh, are on the journey that I took the previous class on, or they might be actually even slower. So one can never know. And it never. needs to be you as the professional in the room at the time doing your professional best. And isn't that, isn't that the truth? And um, before I move on to my next question, I'm just going to say hello to a few people who are in yes. here with us. We've got Peter, who's here. We've got Gavin listening in. We have got um, CJ, head teacher. We have got um, Mr. Barzenji, who I really hope I have not butchered that. I'm incredibly sorry if I have. Um, and then we have got 70% um, H2O official account. Um and apparently science is true it's going to happen whether or not you believe in it which i suppose yeah. is a is a fair point so mm. i want to broaden out a little bit from computing as the subject yes. and talk a little bit more about digital literacy i suppose these two yes. things go well they do go hand in hand but yes, we we have a um one of the many uh, documents and things admin that we have to fill out at school i won't say too much but mm. We have um, 
on the medium term plan we have the the computing bit and then we have a kind of an additional digital literacy box which is because we don't teach computing ourselves it's kind of how we're incorporating it more widely if you if you like so is this the kind of model that your school uh, uh, and your and the and the kind of the powers that be that you you work within in in your workspace is that the way they organize it because it's slightly different for schools in england uh well that's kind of how they how they look at it as, as, okay. as in terms of curriculum planning they they see kind of computing as 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 over there and that's taught by a specialist yeah. and then yeah. in ter- and then the kind of the digital literacy element is uh-huh. kind of is is our class is class teacher responsibility and how are we incorporating yeah, yeah, yeah. that in the things that we're teaching yeah i get it it's it's kind of something that i i would like to try and implement in my own school that one of the things that um i'm accused of is being a computing specialist and te- only teaching 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 everybody means that uh people like me could be seen as de-skilling people like you that if you don't teach computing at all then you don't have that opportunity to develop your own kind of teaching practice in that part of the primary uh, curriculum. So what I've thought of doing is segregating the computing curriculum into this branch of digital literacy where theoretically theoretically, it, it should be more accessible to everyone. And in fact, if anything, digital literacy should might be seen by many as the kind of the baseline, as it were, by which all um, all kind of technological interaction um, is based. So, um, uh, so yeah, I can understand why why some schools and some kind of uh, learning pathways would segregate uh, digital literacy. But to to come back to the English example and the way Ofsted see it, uh, they've previously publicly said that they see computing as a three pillar approach of information technology, computer science, and digital literacy. So they've conveniently parked it in these three blocks. However, within the definition of digital literacy, according to Ofsted, they include things like data science and um, keeping safe online, staying safe online. I take exception to that because I think data science is a much bigger subject than can be incorporated into a sequence of digital literacy learning. So I've taken that out and I explicitly teach that to everybody I I work with for a six-week sequence of lessons. You then also have this staying safe online and there's been some tremendous work being done by some uh, fabulous organizations uh, to do with um, internet safety. particularly by the team at the Southwest Grid for Learning uh, in England, uh, who have produced this uh, wonderful um, portal called um, Project Evolve, which is free for for, for schools. Um, I, th- I think it's certainly free for schools in England. I'm not sure how they kind of work with uh, schools beyond the, um, the, beyond the English boundaries. But what that's based on is a whole scheme of uh, statements which were produced by the UK Council for Internet Safety back in 2020. And the statements run from um, a, a four or five-year-old all the way up to 18. So um, there's this whole kind of um, structure that um, any teacher, and it, you don't have to be technologically literate, 
um, can follow and be able to take pluck a statement out and say, okay, everybody, today we're going to focus on a statement on online relationships or focus on a statement to do with copyright and so on. So, you know, there's, there's plenty of scope to do uh, all sorts of things in, in the name of digital literacy. But those are just two examples. Oh, most definitely. And I just, I mean, I think I... I sort of fill fill that box in often for the sake of of filling it in, and mm. I, because to me, so for example, today my my children were doing some um, were using iPads for research purposes, yes. and we yeah. sort of, and and at no point, I mean, they kind of we sort of have along the way kind of taught them how, how to research, but at no point have we had a lesson where we've just talked about what it means to research online, what that entails, how you yeah. can actually use search engines, what you can actually put into search engines to help. Uh, narrow down searches and, and things like that and just as I'm talking to you I'm thinking I've I've missed a trick there in terms of, of digital literacy because yes they can do it but can mm. they talk to you about it in any great depth can they tell yeah. you kind of how they how they research online properly in inverted commas probably not no yeah yeah so uh, just based on that experience and based on your lesson today then what I would say kind of on reflection is to say to the children okay now that you've uh, been practicing doing a little bit of uh, um, searching for information on the on the World Wide Web. Let's understand a little bit about the technology that sits on the World Wide Web. The first point, the first point, very very simply, is that the World Wide Web is a library, and like any library, you can walk into one library and find the book you want, but you can walk into a second library and not find the book you want. Yeah, so that's kind of a fairly simple metaphor that many uh, people can relate to. The the next idea is that uh, the the World Wide Web is a computer system which is driven by these things called web crawlers. They're like little mice who sit in your house, scurrying around, looking at absolutely nibbling absolutely everything so they know everything and they they busy themselves all day every day just doing that so that's how when you type in any word into a search engine it can come up with a list of um results and in in year six we talk about how those results are compiled etc so but the, the but the basic technology is this idea that Beneath the bonnet of a search engine is this is this uh, set of computers called web crawlers, which then in, uh, ca uh, categorize and index every piece of data uh, that is on that particular uh, um, platform. And remember that each platform is a separate library. So you go to um, you go to one platform. You go to the the, the one that begins with B. You, you might find the top three results look like this. You go to the one that begins with G, you might find the top three results look like something else. When you talk to the children about those top three results, you also point out that some of these results might be people who paid to have that result in first place. <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. matter. And it doesn't matter whether that top result is actually what you want. If they paid for that privilege, to have their result always at the top so that you make it makes you want to click it click on that link then that's what they do and that's how the web is maintained as a as a as a inverted commas free service to people like you me and the learners we work with so that yeah in essence is is your is your 
web search lesson. Yeah, it's your digital literacy. And, see, and just within within a few minutes, you've just kind of completely yeah. cha- changed that lesson uh, around for me and uh, yeah. incorporated a level of digital literacy that now I think about it is quite obvious, but actually... And accessible. Go on. And, and, and accessible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, would you say yeah. it was acceptable? Is I've not I've not made you touch a keyboard. I've not made you kind of talk about really really technical words about the the way the um, the, the search engines work. I've just merely signposted you to a couple of um, uh, metaphors that most people should be able to relate to. Yeah, and I think that yeah. uh, and you know if 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 uh, if I can understand that, then my my ten year olds my ten year olds certainly can. And you just made me think about we talk. Um, uh, a lot about I say a lot about we touch on because of course have to be careful in primary about mm. misinformation and where information misinformation is. and disinformation yeah yeah, yeah. and where, and and that where comes that's into, coming from yeah, and that comes into staying safe online and you can then bridge all that in and you can say okay we're going to stop this moment of digital literacy learning and let's move into uh, a, a moment of learning reflecting on our on our um, staying safe online practice to say, do you understand that the World Wide Web is a place where anybody can share anything with everyone? Quite and simply. I think, and I think that gets yeah. that gets lost a bit because I think again because these children does, have grown yeah. have grown have grown up with it, and because yeah, yeah. okay in school, yes, we're, yes, we're supervising it and all and yeah. all the rest of it. But yeah. of course, when they when they go home, they're they're. And I said, sort of, so sure, I don't want to kind of make this about sort of social media and the access that they no, have. No, we no. all know none of us are under any illusion. But I also wonder, in terms of linking sort of um, home environments and and schools more in term in terms of technology. Of course, we had everybody in in our houses and in everywhere when we yes. were yeah. on video calling, and that's not so yeah. much what I mean. It's more the mm. idea of of I think there are parents who would benefit enormously from being more involved in in their children's digital literacy. And again, yeah, being, being yeah. quite whimsical here and saying, you know, it's it's quite easy to sit here and say it. It's quite another to facilitate that of whole thing. But it, yeah. it but it is that subject computing yeah. digital literacy that yeah. I do feel, especially, is what keeps parents awake at night. What their children are doing, all the rest of yeah. it. What yeah. comes into school, what what we discuss with them, and I just wonder if there's maybe scope. And I don't know if you do this um, in the school environment you work in, where you do um, seminars for parents or anything yes, like that. Or... Yes, we do. Yes, we do. My my bosses have been absolutely brilliant, and they're f- my 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 school are an incredible um, is an incredible community. Uh, very very supportive parents, and the, as I say, my my senior colleagues are just wonderful in in allowing me time to offer those kind of seminars to the point that you know i i offer a kind of almost like a parent surgery to say if you've got a question whether it's kind of to do with hardware uh you know actual fixing of hardware to uh i'm sorry but i am worried about my my um my son or my daughter spending too much time on the uh on their device what what can i do about that then um yeah you can come to people like me to uh, uh to get some advice and get some support this show is brought to you in partnership with John Cat Educational, a leading publisher of books, directories, educational guides and magazines specifically aimed at forward-thinking schools in the UK and beyond. Have you checked out their latest releases? Don't miss out. Visit johncatbookshop.com to explore their full range of titles and advance your own professional development today. Happy reading. Because I feel certainly at kind of the, the back end of primary sort of year five and six, um, almost every parents' evening I sit through, 
yes. um, without without fail, it will come up multiple, multiple times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I sort of, I'm always reticent to kind of give an opinion or kind of because that kind of gets ta- it gets taken out of context where you say, well, mm-hmm. you know, how many hours should they be online yeah, gaming? Yeah. You know, should they, if I if I supervise them, then why can't they be on TikTok and, and Instagram mm-hmm. and all these various mm-hmm. other things? Mm-hmm. And it's, I do sometimes feel that I get backed into a corner or I fall into a trap because although, you know, I'm aware of these things, I'm, I'm of the generation um, where it kind of all this sort of came about sort of in the back end of my teens. So yes, to an extent I've grown up with it, but I also, again, this is where the kind of the knowledge part and and what teacher responsibility is in terms of internet safety and all the rest of it, Mm. where, I mean, I don't know where that line is, or is it a line that is constantly moving, shifting? It, it, it kind of is, and it, um, but it's been very well defined. That line is currently very well defined. That as a community, as as a school community, we we as teachers and we as school as working in schools, uh, certainly within the English uh, legal system, uh, are expected to uphold the statutory obligations of safeguarding, etc. So. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm concerned, for my school, we're we're like we're like what our line is absolutely clear, and we subscribe to services uh, to support our work in doing that. So if a parent comes in and says, "Oh, uh, some of the things that you've just said about oh my my son or daughter's been spending too much time on this app, or they've been subjected to um, really really obnoxious uh, kind of comments and feedback and interactions from another platform and so on," um, I'm here to help them to just get through that moment and to find ways of being able to bring them bring their family and their children back to a point of um, safety and security and control. And I, yeah, and I think that a lot of the time, I think what parents want is, is that reassurance, isn't it? It yeah. is that yeah. it is, it is another mm-hmm. adult saying to them, it's, it's okay. You know, yeah. by yeah. all means, you know, ask me questions and it's, you know, le- learning more is, 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 it's kind of, it's not, yeah. I mean, to say know thy enemy is entirely the wrong thing. That's not what I mean at all. But to, mm-hmm. to you know, to be, I suppose, to feel better about something, if you like. I think that's what I'm trying to articulate. Yes, yes. Knowing more is yeah. never going to be a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this year's Internet Safety Day, which was uh, um, last month now, um, was the big message was, was um, open up the conversation and, and let's let the adults talk to the children and let the children talk about their experiences of um, of the online world and explore with them. Don't be intimidated by it. I mean, I, I recognise that as a primary teacher, I know that there are children who think it's okay to have uh, social media accounts, uh, even though they are officially underage. I can't officially stop them and they will circumvent the systems in place. And I know that there are some families too who will say, yeah, well, why not? I'm just going to let my son or daughter have a mobile phone um, in their name, or I'll give them a mobile phone and I'll not apply any parental controls on, on the device. But that's not up for us to judge. It's for us to say, well, if you do need help, we are here to help you. And I think that that is uh, that is a very important that stance is, is is very important and crucial to to also uh, 
to protecting our own boundaries as well because yeah. you know, it's it's not up to us to say what they can and can't do under their yeah. own roofs yeah. but what i suppose what is up to us is ensuring that they have the information that they need yes. uh it's yeah i think that is that is hugely important and i do think that uh there is room certainly in in the in the school that I'm in for, for better connections with parents in in that respect. And I also worry that with a lot of these things like Internet Safety Day, it's kind of almost treated like a token add-on rather yeah. than something that yeah. that 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 again runs yeah. through everything we're doing in yeah. terms of technology. It's yeah. just sort of you know you, you you do a you do a poster and it's kind of okay it goes on the wall and and that's that and it's it's yeah yeah. It needs to be I, uh, a bit more than that. Yeah, I, I laugh because, um, I mean, for me, obviously, uh, um, keeping uh, keeping everyone safe uh, is a is a priority every day, every moment of every day. And um, when my bosses came in and saw my uh, sequence of staying safe online lessons, they went, "Oh my goodness." Wow, it's 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 not about posters, is it? It's actually about playing a, a quiz of uh, of scenarios and questions and really thinking deeply about uh, what would you do in a situation like this, and knowing the difference between misinformation and disinformation, and knowing what it means to be trolled and what it what and how uh, how one of the most phenomenal facts that I've um, I've I kind of repeat. Uh, to every every learner that I I come across is that YouTube now is is such an enormous uh, uh, video sharing platform that there is more content being loaded every second of every day than there are people on Earth watching YouTube. So you and I and all the listeners and everybody on the Twitter sphere could spend the rest of our lives in. <laughs> lockdown 2023 from from the from the anniversary of our first lockdown and spend the rest of our lives watching watching end-to-end youtube videos and none of us would watch the same content as anybody else that's just i mean it is that that enormous you are messing with me on a Tuesday evening. My 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 slightly frazzled teacher brain cannot cope with information like that, Alan. I'm going to. Yeah. That's going to be when I wake up at three o'clock in the morning. That's going to be the thought that comes to me, and uh, I, I, I don't know what to do with this information now. <laughs> but, but it's so, phenomenal. I, it is phenomenal. Yeah. There is so much video content on one platform that uh, there isn't enough humankind time in humankind of right now for all of us to watch every single um, moment the point is of under of of thinking about that thought or thinking about that kind of concept is the fact that if people say oh but sir i can i can um i can complain about a youtube video and, I, and they will take it down they will never take it down there is too much content for for the youtube kind of content regulator to to regulate that's the point and really because they are commercialized will they truly want to take it down no it affects their revenue so they won't no and i think it's also you know we're not in the business of and again i try and explain this to parents as delicately as possible we're not in the business of scaring people outrage that, that kind to... of concept of outrage where everybody piles on to kind of condemn something or somebody to try and make a, a social media platform take it down. No, that's not the case. You're right. 
and it's and but it's also understanding so while we're not we're not trying to freak children out we're trying to freak parents out but at the same time it's also presenting them with actually this is the reality of the world yeah. we live in yes absolutely you know, you know forewarned is forearmed or for yeah, yeah, yeah. forewarned is forearmed um so I think that that is that is important as well. But but for, for teachers, too, because we're constantly stepping on, you know, some kind of explosion when it comes to. I mean, every day I have, I have things coming coming into me and I want to be the kind of the source of, of much like you, the source of calm that sort of says, you know, I understand. And yes, this is this is where we are and this is where we're at. But at the same time, you know, you can we can educate and we can have that understanding we can build that understanding together and again where that kind of link between home and school i think is so yeah. important with with this technology and uh you know you, you it's i suppose it's also them knowing that they're not this kind of just bobbing around in the storm not knowing what yeah. to do we yeah. teachers i mean not that they particularly want to hear it we're bobbing around in, in the storm too but we're also yeah. trying to kind of you know steer as as, as best we can and uh you know our it's a very swan-like it. effect that yeah. we that we uh, portray. Uh, yes, definitely. Um, with the yeah, the manic legs under underwater. Yeah. I remember yeah. first hearing that analogy um, as a as a new teacher and thinking, what on earth is that? Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Okay, I I understand. Um, one of my sort of final questions for you, and again, it's a bit yeah. of a kind of, um, I mean, you defined computing i suppose so so beautifully when i um when i was thinking oh gosh but my my sort of final question is a bit kind of washier than that really it's more and again i don't know how succinct you can be but let's see in terms of sort of computing kind of going forward moving on to the sort of let's talk about the near future where do you see it i mean you can talk from sort of your own personal experience where do you yeah. where do you feel you're going to take this this subject next and, and digital literacy next what do you think are going to be the next sort of big things so obviously you know we talk about well we haven't really talked about it here but kind of ed tech now there's so many platforms yeah, yeah. you know google classroom through to dojo through yeah. to you can do pretty much whatever you can teach your mm. entire you know there are their adaptive learning platforms all the rest of it but yeah. from your point of view kind of where where are we going with this yeah i i think it i'm going to address the big one and i'm sure many will kind of concur it is the the adaptive learning it is the chat gpt it is the AI and being able to, I've seen some really beautiful demonstrations. And when I say beautiful, I mean elegant demonstrations from colleagues who have said, I've tinkered with and think and thinkered around uh, chat GPT and I've, and I've run uh, a chat GPT sequence to plan a lesson for me. Uh, and when you see the lesson plan, you think that is beautiful. That is quite extraordinary. And it's being able to help learners understand that beneath the bonnet of these kind of adapted learning, adaptive learning and chat GPT style uh, soft pieces of software, there there is some very, very clever stuff going on. What's happening is that these um, systems are collecting data from many, many sources, building it into a bank of information it is able to process really quickly. And it's up to you as the AI user to be able to manipulate that collection of data into something that resembles what you want. And it's that process that I think is going to be the new challenge of uh, teaching and learning. But 
for people like me, I expect to be able to help my learners understand that in a few years' time, this will be commonplace. And rather than them having to write an essay on uh, the whys and wherefores, for example, of the Second World War, they might just run a chat GPT sequence to uh, uh, to emulate um, an essay of, say, a thousand words that talks about the same thing. Blimey. I mean, that that is a thought. I know, um, and we actually, we talked about this on the weekly review yeah. on uh, on Sunday, but yeah. um, international baccalaureates have, are going to allow uh, yes. ChatGPT to be used as reference for for essays on the kind of on the proviso that they can justify the use of it and all the yeah. rest of it. I yeah. mean, is that kind of where you see sort yeah. of? I mean, I know we're primary teachers, but kind of thinking forward into exams and beyond A levels, etc. Yeah. University. Yeah. yeah, and there's 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 as you were saying, if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing. And it's yeah. being able to understand and and respect that this technology exists today and we can we can learn to use it to, to our to our advantage and not to be intimidated by it. But there is quite a lot to learn and to understand the kind of the basics and the process. Um that these things are not a case of, oh, I've got a I've got a device in my hand right now. I'm just going to ask it to uh help me uh, produce a radio show uh, that could go out for 90 minutes on a Tuesday evening talking about computing. That's not going to happen. No, I mean, I, I, I don't know. Some people might, might, might prefer to listen to that. That's what I should have done. I should have generated the entire script for, for, for this evening. Maybe, maybe it will be more palatable, but I don't think it would be half as much fun. But it, but it does take time, and it will take a pro, and it is taking a process, and it's being able to understand that process. And when you know, when you see the product of of uh, some adaptive learning or or Chat GPT type output, you will still see that there are still still kind of um, edits that that we humans will want to um, to to want to uh, um, to to make and modify. Oh, most most definitely, yeah. and I think that. There is obviously when all these new new weird wonderful things come out. Of course, there is the uh, the instant uh, panic. I mean, I don't know if it's a, if it's a moral panic or if it's a kind yeah, of just absolutely, a, absolutely. Um, but I think you're you're wise in saying that in order to kind of not be afraid of something, you 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 have to to understand it. And I suppose that once these these the sort of the initial freak out, particularly with something like Jack Chat GPT, has died died down. Mm -hmm. Yeah. then will come this kind of more sensible approach and actually okay this is this is again this is the reality how are we going to integrate this and again there are there are definitely primary children that i know who who are aware of it and uh, mm. aware of, of of how to use it and mm. uh, i haven't had the conversation with them yet i haven't approached it with them because i sort of haven't reconciled in my own mind how to how to go there make use of it yeah yeah yeah, and, and that's why I say that within the kind of the strand of digital literacy, as we were talking about earlier, that it has to be broader than that. It, it, digital literacy is is simply um, the those kind of almost like a, like a set of functional skills of you being of a, of an individual being able to use a keyboard as a touch screen to be able to navigate around the world wide web and and a, a whole kind of sequence of of core kind of um life skills i guess is what what some people might describe it as and and whereas chat gpt is more kind of into the informatics and data science side of computing yeah 
So I think, I mean, if nothing else this evening, Alan, I think I've learned that uh, the computing national curriculum is, uh, I mean, by all means, use this as a very, very sort of small basis, but actually yeah. go forth and do better. Is yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And and it is and it is not to be intimidated by by the by the when you unravel it as as we we've, we've tried to do tonight when you unravel it there are so many strands so many ideas so many concepts so many links and it isn't I wouldn't expect any any uh, anybody whether inside or outside the teaching community to be able to kind of completely nail it down and i'm i'm still on a journey of discovery every day so it's just being able to to be open and honest with oneself and say if i'm not sure do i know somebody who might be able to guide and steer me and ask and i think as well and 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 modeling that in in terms yeah. of because i mean i often say to, to children i don't i i don't know i'm gonna have to ask somebody i don't know i'm gonna, I'm gonna have to look it up because somebody i can't remember who said it to me but it's it's better to uh admit that you that you don't know than than lie convincingly or something yes. i can't yes. quite remember what what it was because i and i thought gosh that that's true and also who are you trying to get like nine ten year olds you know the i i'm not trying to prove anything in front of them. if i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna tell them i don't know yeah yeah absolutely and and many many learners i've i've worked with respect us for for it more so because what we're trying to model is actually this kind of sense of understanding that learning is a continuous journey and it doesn't stop at whatever time home time is that for us as adults we're learning just like they are yep and uh, i have to say i mean you know even for even for me i uh i think that uh i've i've, I've understood something and just going back to to the lesson we talked about just my my little research lesson i i've now within five minutes sort of seen that completely completely differently and seen how yeah. the digital literacy aspect can actually be be elevated without really having to know much more than I than I already do but yeah. uh, and using kind of real life context that they already understand as well yeah. and uh, building that into into what I'm doing so I, I yeah I, I feel I've learned I've learned a thing or two this evening uh, which has been which has been the point of any CPD isn't it yeah absolutely so, Alan, I think that I mean I could go on and on and on, but I think that uh, we will we will pause it there for this evening. Thank you so so much for taking time out of your evening okay. to join me. I really do appreciate it, and I know we've kind of gone off on lots of kind of little journeys, uh, no, but I think that we've done quite well. I, I think, think so too. I think we've done really well, and. Uh, you know, you are obviously uh, available on Twitter to, and people yes. can kind of come in and check you out. There's a few things that I'll put in in show notes as well. And um, I do hope that you will join me again at some point. I know that you uh, dip in and out of a few um, TTR shows. So, <clears throat> yeah, I just think uh, it depends on your uh, your station's policy for regular guests. <laughs> well, well, we'll we'll see. I mean, it's yeah, I mean, I I. I'm sure that we can uh, find a way to to, to have you uh, appear again, but um, it's and it's always nice to know that there are experts we can we can tap into for for different things. So you so you never know, you might you might get called on again. Oh, thank you. But it's been an absolute honour to to have you with me for our for our fireside chat, and uh, I hope you have a lovely rest of the week. And thank and yeah, just this has been uh, very eye opening. So I appreciate it enormously.
Thank you very much. And uh, um, look forward to catching up with everybody again on the Twittersphere. <laughs> Fantastic. Right. So that was a very, very interesting chat this evening. I mean, I, I feel like we, uh, yeah, we uh, went off on a lot of different tangents, but it was definitely interesting to unpack computing in a little bit more detail and to talk about digital literacy as well. So I hope that those of you who have listened in have enjoyed. And if you'd like to listen back, this will be available on the same link for 30 days or so. So do if you've dropped in last minute or if you're listening back, um, enjoy. What the only other thing that remains for me to say is just a reminder that the show this evening is sponsored by John Cat Education, a leading provider of educational books and magazines. So if you're looking to further increase your CPD reading or well, yeah, your CPD reading. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I think I am I think I'm hungry. I think that's part of the problem. Let's try that again. So John Cat, yep, there's a lot of fantastic books. I often go through their Twitter feed. I've got about five books that I've got my eye on currently to do with various different things so do go and have a look thoroughly thoroughly recommend um in terms of shows going forward um I, I don't know at the moment I think that there are a couple of primary subject shows I'd like to to still do I certainly want to revisit primary science again so if you know any subject leads out there or anyone who is particularly passionate about a certain subject within primary school that maybe I haven't covered or you think I need to do more on please let me know and other than that, have a fantastic rest of the week and I will speak to you all soon. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.